Section 2 of State of the Union Addresses by United States Presidents, 1889 through 1892. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Benjamin Harrison, December 3rd, 1889, Part 2. The enactment of a national bankrupt law of a character to be a permanent part of our general legislation is desirable it should be simple in its methods and inexpensive in its administration the report of the postmaster general not only exhibits the operations of the department for the last fiscal year but contains many valuable suggestions for the improvement and extension of the service which are commended to your attention no other branch of the government has so close a contact with the daily life of the people almost every one uses the service it offers and every hour gained in the transmission of the great commercial mails has an actual and possible value that only those engaged in trade can understand the saving of one day in the transmission of the mails between new york and san francisco which has recently been accomplished is an incident worth of mention the plan suggested of a supervision of the post offices and separate districts that shall involve instruction and suggestion and a rating of the efficiency of the postmasters would i have no doubt greatly improved the service a pressing necessity exists for the erection of a building for the joint use of the department and of the city post office the department was partially relieved by renting outside quarters for a part of its force but it is again overcrowded the building used by the city office never was fit for the purpose and is now inadequate and unwholesome the unsatisfactory condition of the law relating to the transmission through the mails of lottery advertisements and remittances is clearly stated by the postmaster general and his suggestion as to amendments should have your favorable consideration the report of the secretary of the navy shows a reorganization of the bureaus of the department that will i do not doubt promote the efficiency of each in general satisfactory progress has been made in the construction of the new ships of war authorized by congress the first vessel of the new navy the dolphin was subjected to very severe test trials and to very much adverse criticism but it is gratifying to be able to state that a cruise around the world from which she has recently returned has demonstrated that she is a first-class vessel of her rate the report of the secretary shows that while the effective force of the navy is rapidly increasing by reason of the improved build and armament of the new ships the number of our ships fit for sea duty grows very slowly we had on the fourth of march last thirty-seven serviceable ships and though four have since been added to the list the total has not been increased because in the meantime four have been lost or condemned twenty-six additional vessels have been authorized and appropriated for but it is probable that when they are completed our list will only be increased to forty-two a gain of five the old wooden ships are disappearing almost as fast as the new vessels are added these facts carry their own argument one of the new ships may in fighting strength be equal to two of the old but it cannot do the cruising duty of two 
it is important therefore that we should have a more rapid increase in the number of serviceable ships i concur in the recommendation of the secretary that the construction of eight armored ships three gunboats and five torpedo boats be authorized an appalling calamity befell three of our naval vessels on duty at the samoan islands in the harbor of apia in march last involving the loss of four officers and forty-seven seamen of two vessels the trenton and the vandalia and the disabling of a third the nipsic three vessels of the german navy also in the harbor shared with our ships the force of the hurricane and suffered even more heavily while mourning the brave officers and men who died facing with high resolve perils greater than those of battle it is most gratifying to state that the credit of the united states navy for seamanship courage and generosity was magnificently sustained in the storm-beaten harbor of apia the report of the secretary of the interior exhibits the transactions of the government with the indian tribes substantial progress has been made in the education of the children of school age and in the allotment of lands to adult indians it is to be regretted that the policy of breaking up the tribal relation and of dealing with the indian as an individual did not appear earlier in our legislation large reservations held in common and the maintenance of the authority of the chiefs and head men have deprived the individual of every incentive to the exercise of thrift and the annuity has contributed an affirmative impulse toward a state of confirmed pauperism our treaty stipulations should be observed with fidelity and our legislation should be highly considerate of the best interests of an ignorant and helpless people the reservations are now generally surrounded by white settlements we can no longer push the indian back into the wilderness and it remains only by every suitable agency to push him upward into the estate of a self-supporting and responsible citizen for the adult the first step is to locate him upon a farm and for the child to place him in a school school attendance should be promoted by every moral agency and those failing should be compelled the national schools for indians have been very successful and should be multiplied and as far as possible should be so organized and conducted as to facilitate the transfer of the schools to the states or territories in which they are located when the indians in a neighborhood have accepted citizenship and have become otherwise fitted for such a transfer this condition of things will be attained slowly but it will be hastened by keeping it in mind and in the meantime the cooperation between the government and the mission schools which has wrought much good should be cordially and impartially maintained the last congress enacted two distinct laws relating to negotiations with the sioux indians of dakota for a relinquishment of a portion of their lands to the united states and for dividing the remainder into separate reservations both were approved on the same day march second the one submitted to the indians a specific proposal the other section three of the indian appropriation act authorized the president to appoint three commissioners to negotiate with these indians for the accomplishment of the same general purpose and required that any agreements made should be submitted to congress for ratification on the sixteenth day of april last i appointed the hon charles foster of ohio 
the honorable william warner of missouri and major general george crook of the united states army commissioners under the last name law they were however authorized and directed first to submit to the indians the definite proposition made to them by the act first mentioned and only in the event of a failure to secure the assent of the requisite number to that proposition to open negotiations for modified terms under the other act the work of the commission was prolonged and arduous but the assent of the requisite number was it is understood finally obtained to the proposition made by congress though the report of the commission has not yet been submitted in view of these facts i shall not as at present advised deem it necessary to submit the agreement to congress for ratification but it will in due course be submitted for information this agreement releases to the united states about nine million acres of land the commission provided for by section fourteen of the indian appropriation bill to negotiate with the cherokee indians and all other indians owning or claiming lands lying west of the ninety-sixth degree of longitude for the cession to the united states of all such lands was constituted by the appointment of the honorable lucius fairchild of wisconsin the honorable john f hartranft of pennsylvania and the honorable alfred m wilson of arkansas and organized on june twenty ninth last their first conference with the representatives of the cherokees was held at tahlequah june twenty ninth with no definite results general john f hartrimpf of pennsylvania was prevented by ill health from taking part in the conference his death which occurred recently is justly and generally lamented by a people he had served for conspicuous gallantry in war and with great fidelity in peace the vacancy thus created was filled by the appointment of the hon warren g sayre of indiana a second conference between the commission and the cherokees was begun november sixth but no results have yet been obtained nor is it believed that a conclusion can be immediately expected the cattle syndicate now occupying the lands for grazing purposes is clearly one of the agencies responsible for the obstruction of our negotiations with the cherokees the large body of agricultural lands constituting what is known as the cherokee outlet ought not to be and indeed cannot long be held for grazing and for the advantage of a few against the public interests and the best advantage of the indians themselves the united states has now under the treaties certain rights in these lands these will not be used oppressively but it cannot be allowed that those who by sufferance occupy these lands shall interpose to defeat the wise and beneficent purposes of the government i cannot but believe that the advantageous character of the offer made by the united states to the cherokee nation for a full release of these lands as compared with other suggestions now made to them will yet obtain for it a favorable consideration under the agreement made between the united states and the muskegee or creek nation of indians on the nineteenth day of january eighteen eighty nine an absolute title was secured by the united states to about three million five hundred thousand acres of land section twelve of the general indian appropriation act approved march second eighteen eighty nine made provision for the purchase by the united states from the seminole tribe of a certain portion of their lands 
the delegates of the seminole nation having first duly evidenced to me their power to act in that behalf delivered a proper release or conveyance to the united states of all the lands mentioned in the act which was accepted by me and certified to be in compliance with the statute by the terms of both the acts referred to all the lands so purchased were declared to be a part of the public domain and open to settlement under the homestead law but of the lands embraced in these purchases being in the aggregate about five million five hundred thousand acres three million five hundred thousand acres had already been under the terms of the treaty of eighteen sixty six been acquired by the united states for the purpose of settling other indian tribes thereon and had been appropriated to that purpose the land remaining and available for settlement consisted of one million eight hundred and eighty seven thousand seven hundred and ninety six acres surrounded on all sides by lands in the occupancy of indian tribes congress had provided no civil government for the people who were to be invited by my proclamation to settle upon these lands except as the new court which had been established at muskego or the united states courts in some of the adjoining states had power to enforce the general laws of the united states in this condition of things i was quite reluctant to open the lands to settlement but in view of the fact that several thousand persons many of them with their families had gathered upon the borders of the indian territory with a view to securing homesteads on the ceded lands and that delay would involve them in much loss and suffering i did on the twenty-third day of march last issue a proclamation declaring that the lands therein described would be open to settlement under the provisions of the law on the twenty-second day of april following at twelve o'clock noon two land districts have been established and the offices were open for the transaction of business when the appointed time arrived it is much to the credit of the settlers that they very generally observe the limitation as to the time when they might enter the territory care will be taken that those who entered in violation of the law do not secure the advantage they unfairly sought there was a good deal of apprehension that the strife for locations would result in much violence and bloodshed but happily these anticipations were not realized it is estimated that there are now in the territory about sixty thousand people and several considerable towns have sprung up for which the temporary municipal governments have been organized guthrie is said to have now a population of almost eight thousand eleven schools and nine churches have been established and three daily and five weekly newspapers are published in the city whose charter and ordinances have only the sanction of the voluntary acquiescence of the people from day to day oklahoma city has a population of about five thousand and is proportionally as well provided as guthrie with churches schools and newspapers other towns and villages having populations of from one hundred to one thousand are scattered over the territory in order to secure the peace of this community in the absence of civil government i directed general merritt commanding the department of the missouri to act in conjunction with the marshals of the united states to preserve the peace and upon their requisition to use the troops to aid them in executing warrants and in quieting any riots or breaches of the peace that might occur he was further directed to use his influence to promote good order and 
to avoid any conflicts between or with the settlers believing that the introduction and sale of liquors where no legal restraints or regulations existed would endanger the public peace in the view of the fact that such liquors must first be introduced into the indian reservations before reaching the white settlements i further directed the general commanding to enforce the laws relating to the introduction of ardent spirits into the indian country the presence of the troop has given a sense of security to the well-disposed citizens and has tended to restrain the lawless in one instance the officer in immediate command of the troops went further than i deemed justifiable in supporting the de facto municipal government of guthrie and he was so informed and directed to limit the interference of the military to the support of the marshals on the lines indicated in the original order i very urgently recommend that congress at once provide a territorial government for these people serious questions which may at any time lead to violent outbreaks are awaiting the institution of courts for their peaceful adjustment the american genius for self-government has been well illustrated in oklahoma but it is neither safe nor wise to leave these people longer to the expedients which have temporarily served them provision should be made for the acquisition of title to town lots in the towns now established in alaska for locating town sites and for the establishment of municipal governments only the mining laws have been extended to that territory and no other form of title to lands can now be obtained the general land laws were framed with reference to the disposition of agricultural lands and it is doubtful if their operation in alaska would be beneficial we have fortunately not extended to alaska the mistaken policy of establishing reservations for the indian tribes and can deal with them from the beginning as individuals with i am sure better results but any disposition of the public lands and any regulations relating to timber and to the fisheries should have a kindly regard to their interests having no power to levy taxes the people of alaska are wholly dependent upon the general government to whose revenues the seal fisheries make a large annual contribution an appropriation for education should neither be overlooked nor stinted the smallness of the population and the great distances between the settlements offer serious obstacles to the establishment of the usual territorial form of government perhaps the organization of several sub-districts with a small municipal council of limited powers for each would be safe and useful attention is called in this connection to the suggestions of the secretary of the treasury relating to the establishment of another port of entry in alaska and of other needed customs facilities and regulations in the administration of the land laws the policy of facilitating in every proper way the adjustment of the honest claims of individual settlers upon the public lands has been pursued the number of pending cases had during the preceding administration been greatly increased under the operation of orders for a time suspending final action in a large part of the cases originating in the west and northwest and by the subsequent use of unusual methods of examination only those who are familiar with the conditions under which our agricultural lands have been settled can appreciate the serious and often fatal consequences to the settler of a policy that puts his title under suspicion 
or delays the issuance of his patent while care is taken to prevent and to expose fraud it should not be imputed without reason the manifest purpose of the homestead and preemption laws was to promote the settlement of the public domain by persons having a bona fide intent to make a home upon the selected lands where this intent is well established and the requirements of the law have been substantially complied with the claimant is entitled to a prompt and friendly consideration of his case but where there is reason to believe that the claimant is the mere agent of another who is seeking to evade a law intended to promote small holdings and secure by fraudulent methods large tracts of timber and other lands both principal and agent should not only be thwarted in their fraudulent purpose but should be made to feel the full penalties of our criminal statutes the law should be so administered as not to confound these two classes and to visit penalties only upon the latter the unsettled state of the titles to large bodies of lands in the territories of new mexico and arizona has greatly retarded the development of those territories provision should be made by law for the prompt trial and final adjustment before a judicial tribunal or commission of all claims based upon mexican grants it is not just to an intelligent and enterprising people that their peace should be disturbed and their prosperity retarded by these old contentions i express the hope that differences of opinion as to methods may yield to the urgency of the case the law now provides a pension for every soldier and sailor who was mustered into the service of the united states during the civil war and is now suffering from wounds or disease having an origin in the service and in the line of duty two of the three necessary facts viz muster and disability are usually susceptible of easy proof but the third origin in the service is often difficult and in many deserving cases impossible to establish that very many of those who endure the hardships of our most bloody and arduous campaigns are now disabled from diseases that had a real but not traceable origin in the service i do not doubt besides these there is another class composed of men many of whom served in enlistment of three full years and of re-enlisted veterans who added a fourth year of service who escaped the casualties of battle and the assaults of disease who are always ready for any detail who are in every battle line of their command and were mustered out in sound health and have since the close of the war while fighting with the same indomitable and independent spirit the contests of civil life been overcome by disease or casualty i am not unaware that the pension roll already involves a very large annual expenditure neither am i deterred by the fact from recommending that congress grant a pension to such honorably discharged soldiers and sailors of the civil war as having rendered substantial service during the war are now dependent upon their own labor for a maintenance and by disease or casualty are incapacitated from earning it many of the men who would be included in this form of relief are now dependent upon public aid and it does not in my judgment consist with the national honor that they shall continue to subsist upon the local relief given indiscriminately to paupers instead of upon the special and generous provision of the nation they serve so gallantly and unselfishly 
our people will i am sure very generally approve such legislation and i am equally sure that the survivors of the union army and navy will feel a grateful sense of relief when this worthy and suffering class of their comrades is fairly cared for there are some manifest inequalities in the existing law that should be remedied to some of these the secretary of the interior has called attention it is gratifying to be able to state that by the adoption of new and better methods in the war department the calls of the pension office for information as to the military and hospital records of pension claimants are now promptly answered and the injurious and vexatious delays that have heretofore occurred are entirely avoided this will greatly facilitate the adjustment of all pending claims the advent of four new states south dakota north dakota montana and washington into the union under the constitution in the same month and the omission of their duly chosen representatives to our national congress at the same session is an event as unexampled as it is interesting the certification of the votes cast and of the constitutions adopted in each of the states was filed with me as required by the eighth section of the act of february twenty second eighteen eighty nine by the governors of said territories respectively having after a careful examination found that the several constitutions and governments were republican in form and not repugnant to the constitution of the united states that all the provisions of the act of congress had been complied with and that a majority of the votes cast in each of said proposed states was in favor of the adoption of the constitution submitted therein i did so declare by a separate proclamation as to each as to north dakota and south dakota on saturday november second as to montana on friday november eighth and as to washington on monday november eleventh each of these states has within it resources the development of which will employ the energies of and yield a comfortable subsistence to a great population the smallest of these new states, Washington, stands twelfth, and the largest, Montana, third, among the forty-two in area. The people of these states are already well-trained, intelligent, and patriotic American citizens, having common interests and sympathy with those of the older states, and a common purpose to defend the integrity and uphold the honor of the nation the attention of the interstate commerce commission has been called to the urgent need of congressional legislation for the better protection of the lives and limbs of those engaged in operating the great interstate freight lines of the country and especially of the yardmen and brakemen a petition signed by nearly ten thousand railway brakemen was presented to the commission asking that steps might be taken to bring about the use of automatic brakes and couplers on freight cars at a meeting of state railroad commissioners and their accredited representatives held at washington in march last upon the invitation of the interstate commerce commission a resolution was unanimously adopted urging the commission to consider what can be done to prevent the loss of life and limb in coupling and uncoupling freight cars and in handling the brakes of such cars during the year ending june thirtieth eighteen eighty eight over two thousand railroad employees were killed in service and more than twenty thousand injured it is competent i think for congress to require uniformity in the construction of cars used in interstate commerce 
and the use of improved safety appliances upon such trains time will be necessary to make the needed changes but an earnest and intelligent beginning should be made at once it is a reproach to our civilization that any class of american workmen should in the pursuit of a necessary and useful vocation be subjected to a peril of life and limb as great as that of a soldier in time of war the creation of an executive department to be known as the department of agriculture by the act of february ninth last was a wise and timely response to a request which had long been respectfully urged by the farmers of the country but much remains to be done to perfect the organization of the department so that it may fairly realize the expectations which its creation excited in this connection attention is called to the suggestion contained in the report of the secretary which is herewith submitted the need of a law officer for the department such as is provided for the other executive departments is manifest the failure of the last congress to make the usual provision for the publication of the annual report should be promptly remedied the public interest in the report and its value to the farming community i am sure will not be diminished under the new organization of the department i recommend that the weather service be separated from the war department and established as a bureau in the department of agriculture this will involve an entire reorganization both of the weather bureau and of the signal corps making of the first a purely civil organization and of the other a purely military staff corps the reports of the chief signal officer shows that the work of the corps on its military side has been deteriorating the interests of the people of the district of columbia should not be lost sight of in the pressure for consideration of measures affecting the whole country having no legislature of its own either municipal or general its people must look to congress for the regulation of all those concerns that in the states are the subject of local control our whole people have an interest that the national capital should be made attractive and beautiful and above all that its repute for social order should be well maintained the laws regulating the sale of intoxicating drinks in the district should be revised with a view to bringing the traffic under stringent limitations and control in execution of the power conferred upon me by the act making appropriations for the expenses of the district of columbia for the year ending june thirtieth eighteen ninety i did on the seventeenth day of august last appoint rudolph herring of new york samuel m gray of rhode island and frederick p stearns of massachusetts three eminent sanitary engineers to examine and report upon the system of sewerage existing in the district of columbia their report which is not yet completed will be in due course submitted to congress the report of the commissioners of the district is herewith transmitted and the attention of congress is called to the suggestions contained therein the proposition to observe the four hundredth anniversary of the discovery of america by the opening of a world's fair or exposition in some one of our great cities will be presented for the consideration of congress the value and interest of such an exposition may well claim the promotion of the general government on the fourth of march last the civil service commission had but a single member 
the vacancies were filled on the seventh day of may and since then the commissioners have been industriously though with an inadequate force engaged in executing the law they were assured by me that a cordial support would be given them in the faithful and impartial enforcement of the statute and of the rules and regulations adopted in aid of it heretofore the book of eligibles has been closed to everyone except as certifications were made upon the requisition of the appointing officers this secrecy was the source of much suspicion and of many charges of favoritism in the administration of the law what is secret is always suspected what is open can be judged the commission with a full approval of all its members has now opened the list of eligibles to the public the eligible lists for the classified post office and custom houses are now publicly posted in the respective offices as are also the certifications for appointments the purpose of the civil service law was absolutely to exclude any other consideration in connection with appointments under it than that of merit as tested by the examinations the business proceeds upon the theory that both the examining boards and the appointing officers are absolutely ignorant as to the political views and associations of all persons on the civil service list it is not too much to say however that some recent congressional investigations have somewhat shaken public confidence in the impartiality of the selections for appointment the reform of the civil service will make no safe or satisfactory advance until the present law and its equal administration are well established in the competence of the people it will be my pleasure as it is my duty to see that the law is executed with firmness and impartiality if some of its provisions have been fraudulently evaded by appointing officers our resentment should not suggest the repeal of the law but reform in its administration we should have one view of the matter and hold it with a sincerity that is not affected by the consideration that the party to which we belong is for the time in power my predecessor on the fourth day of january eighteen eighty nine by an executive order to take effect march fifteenth brought the railway mail service under the operation of the civil service law provision was made that the order should take effect sooner in any state where an eligible list was sooner obtained on the eleventh day of march mr lyman then the only member of the commission reported to me in writing that it would not be possible to have the list of eligibles ready before may first and requested that the taking effect of the order be postponed until that time which was done subject to the same provision contained in the original order as to states in which an eligible list was sooner obtained as a result of the revision of the rules of the new classification and of the inclusion of the railway mail service the work of the commission has been greatly increased and the present clerical force is found to be inadequate i recommend that the additional clerks asked by the commission be appropriated for the duty of appointment is devolved by the constitution or by the law and the appointing officers are properly held to a high responsibility in its exercise the growth of the country and the consequent increase of the civil list have magnified this function of the executive disproportionately 
it cannot be denied however that the labor connected with this necessary work is increased often to the point of actual distress by the sudden and excessive demands that are made upon an incoming administration for removals and appointments but on the other hand it is not true that incumbency is a conclusive argument for continuance in office impartiality moderation fidelity to public duty and a good attainment in the discharge of it must be added before the argument is complete when those holding administrative offices so conduct themselves as to convince just political opponents that no party consideration or bias affects in any way the discharge of their public duties we can more easily stay the demands for removals i am satisfied that both in and out of the classified service great benefit would accrue from the adoption of some system by which the officer would receive the distinction and benefit that in all private employments come from exceptional faithfulness and efficiency in the performance of duty i have suggested to the heads of the executive departments that they consider whether a record might not be kept in each bureau of all those elements that are covered by the terms faithfulness and efficiency and a rating made showing the relative merits of the clerk of each class this rating to be regarded as a test of merit in making promotions i have also suggested to the postmaster general that he adopt some plan by which he can upon the basis of the reports to the department and of frequent inspections indicate the relative merit of postmasters of each class they will be appropriately indicated in the official register and in the report of the department that a great stimulus would thus be given to the whole service i do not doubt and such a record would be the best defense against inconsiderate removals from office the interest of the general government in the education of the people found an early expression not only in the thoughtful and sometimes warning utterances of our ablest statesmen but in liberal appropriations from the common resources for the support of education in the new states no one will deny that it is of the greatest national concern that those who hold the ultimate control of all public affairs should have the necessary intelligence wisely to direct and determine them national aid to education has heretofore taken the form of land grants and in that form the constitutional power of congress to promote the education of the people is not seriously questioned i do not think it can be successfully questioned when the form is changed to that of a direct grant of money from the public treasury such aid should be as it has always been suggested by some exceptional conditions the sudden emancipation of the slaves of the south the bestowal of the suffrage which soon followed and the impairment of the ability of the states where these new citizens were chiefly found to adequately provide educational facilities presented not only exceptional but unexampled conditions that the situation has been much ameliorated there is no doubt the ability and interest of the states have happily increased but a great work remains to be done and i think the general government should lend its aid as the suggestion of a national grant in aid of education grows chiefly out of the condition and needs of the emancipated slave and his descendants the relief should as far as possible while necessarily proceeding upon some general lines 
be applied to the need that suggested it it is essential if much good is to be accomplished that the sympathy and active interest of the people of the states should be enlisted and that the methods adopted should be such as to stimulate and not to supplant local taxation for school purposes as one congress cannot bind a seceding one in such a case and as the effort must in some degree be experimental i recommend that any appropriation made for this purpose be so limited an annual amount and as to the time over which it is to extend as will on the one hand give the local school authorities opportunity to make the best use of the first year's allowance and on the other deliver them from the temptation to unduly postpone the assumption of the whole burden themselves the colored people did not intrude themselves upon us they were brought here in chains and held in the communities where they are now chiefly found by a cruel slave code happily for both races they are now free they have from a standpoint of ignorance and poverty which was our shame not theirs made remarkable advances in education and in the acquisition of property they have as a people shown themselves to be friendly and faithful toward the white race under temptations of tremendous strength they have their representatives in the national cemeteries where a grateful government has gathered the ashes of those who died in its defense they have furnished to our regular army regiments that have won high praise from their commanding officers for courage and soldierly qualities and for fidelity to the enlistment oath in civil life they are now the toilers of their communities making their full contribution to the widening streams of prosperity which these communities are receiving their sudden withdrawal would stop production and bring disorder into the household as well as the shop generally they do not desire to quit their homes and their employers resent the interference of the emigration agents who seek to stimulate such a desire but notwithstanding all this in many parts of our country where the colored population is large the people of that race are by various devices deprived of any effective exercise of their political rights and of many of their civil rights the wrong does not expend itself upon those whose votes are suppressed every constituency in the union is wronged it has been the hope of every patriot that a sense of justice and of respect for the law would work a gradual cure of these flagrant evils surely no one supposes that the present can be accepted as a permanent condition if it is said that these communities must work out this problem for themselves we have a right to ask whether they are at work upon it do they suggest any solution when and under what conditions is the black man to have a free ballot when is he in fact to have those full civil rights which have so long been his in law when is that equality of influence which our form of government was intended to secure to the electors to be restored this generation should courageously face these grave questions and not leave them as a heritage of woe to the next the consultation should proceed with candor calmness and great patience upon the lines of justice and humanity not of prejudice and cruelty no question in our country can be at rest except upon the firm base of justice and of the law 
i earnestly invoke the attention of congress to the consideration of such measures within its well-defined constitutional powers as will secure to all our people a free exercise of the right of suffrage and every other civil right under the constitution and laws of the united states no evil however deplorable can justify the assumption either on the part of the executive or of congress of powers not granted but both will be highly blamable if all the powers granted are not wisely but firmly used to correct these evils the power to take the whole direction and control of the election of members of the house of representatives is clearly given to the general government a partial and qualified supervision of these elections is now provided for by law and in my opinion this law may be so strengthened and extended as to secure on the whole better results than can be attained by a law taking all the processes of such election into federal control the colored man should be protected in all of his relations to the federal government whether as litigant juror or witness in our courts as an elector for members of congress or as a peaceful traveller upon our interstate highways there is nothing more justly humiliating to the national pride and nothing more hurtful to the national prosperity than the inferiority of our merchant marine compared with that of other nations whose general resources wealth and seacoast lines do not suggest any reason for their supremacy on the sea it was not always so and our people are agreed i think that it shall not continue to be so it is not possible in this communication to discuss the causes of the decay of our shipping interests or the differing methods by which it is proposed to restore them the statement of a few well authenticated facts and some general suggestions as to legislation is all that is practicable that the great steamship line sailing under the flags of england france germany spain and italy and engaged in foreign commerce were promoted and have since been and now are liberally aided by grants of public money in one form or another is generally known that the american lines of steamships have been abandoned by us to an unequal contest with the aided lines of other nations until they have been withdrawn or in the few cases where they are still maintained are subject to serious disadvantages is matter of common knowledge the present situation is such that travellers and merchandise find liverpool often a necessary intermediate port between new york and some of the south american capitals the fact that some of the delegates from south american states to the conference of american states now in session at washington reached our shores by reversing that line of travel is very conclusive of the need of such a conference and very suggestive as to the first and most necessary step in the direction of fuller and more beneficial intercourse with nations that are now our neighbors upon the lines of latitude but not upon the lines of established commercial intercourse i recommend that such appropriations be made for ocean mail service in american steamships between our ports and those of central and south america china japan and the important islands in both of the great oceans as will be liberally remunerative for the service rendered and as will encourage the establishment and in some fair degree equalize the chance of american steamship lines in the competitions which they must meet 
that the american states lying south of us will cordially cooperate in establishing and maintaining such lines of steamships to their principal ports i do not doubt we should also make provision for a naval reserve to consist of such merchant ships of american construction and of a specified tonnage and speed as the owners will consent to place at the use of the government in case of need as armed cruisers england has adopted this policy and as a result can now upon necessity at once place upon her naval as some of the fastest steamships in the world a proper supervision of the construction of such vessels would make their conversion into effective ships of war very easy i am an advocate of economy in our national expenditures but it is a misuse of terms to make this word describe a policy that withholds an expenditure for the purpose of extending our foreign commerce the enlargement and improvement of our merchant marine the development of a sufficient body of trained american seamen the promotion of rapid and regular mail communication between the ports of other countries and our own and the adaption of large and swift american merchant steamships to naval uses in time of war are public purposes of the highest concern the large participation of our people in the carrying trade the new and increased markets that will be opened for the products of our farms and factories and the fuller and better employment of our mechanics which will result from a liberal promotion of our foreign commerce ensure the widest possible diffusion of benefit to all the states and to all our people everything is most propitious for the present inauguration of a liberal and progressive policy upon this subject and we should enter upon it with promptness and decision the legislation which i have suggested it is sincerely believed will promote the peace and honor of our country and the prosperity and security of the people i invoke the diligent and serious attention of congress to the consideration of these and such other measures as may be presented having the same great end in view benjamin harrison end of section two